0: Welcome listeners to talking addiction and recovery podcast. I am your host, Andrew J. Schreier. And today we're joined by a special guest to talk about a word that I don't think gets talked about nearly enough. And yet I believe many of us have experienced or are experiencing. And that is betrayal. So welcome, Dr. Debbie Silber. And thanks for joining.
1: Oh, Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to our conversation.
0: You are the founder and CEO of the PBT, which is Post Betrayal Transformation Institute, and do a lot of work helping people heal from the betrayal of, you know, family members, partners, friends, all that stuff. We're going to get into that. Uh, You were, you're on two TED Talks. Is that correct?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Those were fascinating and you do a lot of work. So let's get right into it with betrayal. One of those words. I think is often kept in the dark, and something we aren't talking about nearly enough. Which is why I'm I'm really glad to have you on this. So, talk about your work with betrayal.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody says, you know, I think I want to study betrayal in the history of never. No, this is something (laughs) you study because you have to, and it's actually my 30th year in business. And as life would morph and change, so would business. And uh, I was in health and then mindset and personal development. And then I had my own betrayals first from my family. And I thought I did what I needed to do to heal from that. And a few years later, it happened again. And this time it was my husband. Anybody who's been through it, you know, you're you're shocked. You're blindsided. You're so hurt. Uh, life as you've known it will never be the same. And that was what happened to me. So I got him out of the house and I thought about it. I said, well, what's similar to these two experiences? And I realized, you know, boundaries were always getting crossed. I never really took my own needs seriously. And I said, something drastic has to change. So here I was, I was 50 years old, four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. And I'm like, I'm going back for a PhD. I had no idea how I was going to pay for it, how I was going to do it, but it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential, because I was changing so much and I I didn't quite understand what was going on. He was too on his own, wasn't ready to look at that yet. Uh, And then it was time for us to, uh, to do a study. So I studied betrayal, what holds us back, what helps us heal, and what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive. And that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my business, my family, my life.
0: That's amazing because betrayal is something that I imagine a lot of people try to avoid, numb, escape. Mm -hmm. And even after you went through some of it and went through a period with Rick, you decided to get back and look deeper into it. And that's a, that's, that's gotta be a very vulnerable thing to do.
1: It you know it was and integrity is my highest value, so you can imagine where betrayal lives. You know, w- as far as integrity, there was not a cell of me that was okay with it, and and the injustice and the hurt and all of it was just eating me up alive. So I I, I really went through that program saying um, there was like in the background if I can heal from this I'm taking everybody with me. It was just there was no other way to do it.
0: That's amazing. That's that's incredible because that is something that could easily have gone just unnoticed and missed. I mean, you really discovered something by going through that, which is now helping so many people. And I, I want to also ask you about, so someone who is listening to this and thinking about, well, what post betrayal transformation, mm-hmm. how do you go about, and, and you know, post betrayal syndrome, how do you go about explaining those, those things to people? Yeah.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, like I said, there were three discoveries. The first was um, that was the one about post-betrayal transformation. Originally, I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth, you know, and and for those who aren't familiar, post-traumatic growth is kind of like an upside of trauma, how trauma, no matter what it is, right, leaves you with a new awareness perspective, insight you didn't have. Maybe you lose someone you love, you realize life is short kind of thing. And I was like, I've been through disease and I've been through death of a loved one, Mm -mm. betrayal feels very different for me, but I didn't want to assume. So I asked my study participants, I said, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Unanimously, they said, it is so different. And here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the whole self is shattered. It has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, Confidence, worthiness, belonging, trust. Those are huge. They're all shattered. So it didn't quite qualify as post traumatic growth. It was like, yes, post traumatic growth, but you also have to rebuild the self. So I coined a new term post betrayal transformation, which is the rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. That was the first discovery.
0: I, it's amazing you mentioned that betrayal feels intentional and we take it so personally. I remember listening to that during your TEDx talk and that reminded me of something almost like in related to like pain people the idea of like i shouldn't get hurt i shouldn't have to go through life in pain do people have that same concept with like betrayal like they they go through life relationships you know different areas and the idea is like i shouldn't be betrayed this should never happen
1: Well, you know, and I'm laughing because I was thinking that I've lived an entire life. I can truly say I have never, not even one time, intentionally hurt another person. And it's because I live very simply. And the rule is, if it's going to hurt someone, don't do it. Period. End of story. And I assume that's how other people live. And I am always shocked and amazed to find out that's not the case. Yeah. So, you know, when I just think of my own experience, it's like, well, why should I be betrayed? I'm only being as kind as I can be and thoughtful to other people, like, what, you know, isn't it supposed to be it's, it's reciprocal. And so, you know, it's, it's always a little bit of a shocker when those, and that's what betrayal is. It's the breaking of that spoken or unspoken rule, right? Like without our awareness or consent, someone decided those rules no longer apply. And it's just such a shock.
0: You, d- you describe betrayal as a, a life altering moment. Mm-hmm. And I think it, that's a great way of describing it. One of the things I've, I've noticed is I don't know if people realize how altering it is at first, because there's the initial shock and there's, you know, sometimes even like, is this real? Has this happened? Is this going on? Yeah. And then noticing how altering it can be. So how, how altering can betrayal be in someone's life?
1: it's so huge. And and I can go in two directions here, um, but it's really from a physical, mental, and emotional standpoint of what it does. That was the second discovery. Uh, and then I can walk through, walk you through exactly what happens. That was the third discovery. So um, let's take the second and you'll, you'll see it this way. What we found was There's a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's now known as post-betrayal syndrome. And we've had, I don't know, close to 30,000 people on our site take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz to see to what extent they're struggling. And a few things about that. The The first thing is, you know, we've all heard time heals all wounds. I have the proof that's not true. Because there's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? People write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago and I'm unwilling to trust. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. feels like it happened yesterday, you know? But but every every few months I pull the stats from the quiz just to see where people land. Would you like me to share some?
0: Yeah, please.
1: Yeah, so now this is based on, we have every age represented. We have just about every country. So this is figure 25, 30,000 people. 78% constantly revisit their experience. feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. You know how exhausting that is right there, right? 94% deal with painful triggers. Those triggers can take you right down. These are the most common physical symptoms. 71% have low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 63% have extreme fatigue. So you can sleep all night, you wake up, you're exhausted. 47% 47% have weight changes. So in the beginning, maybe you can't hold food down. Later on, you're using food for comfort. 45% have digestive issues. And that's anything from a Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea, anything, you name it. These are the most common mental symptoms. 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% unable to focus. 64% are in shock. are unable to concentrate. So imagine you can't concentrate, you have a gut issue, you're exhausted, and you're supposed to go to work every day or raise your kids. That's not even the emotional ones. 88% experience extreme sadness, 83% are angry. If you see someone bouncing back and forth between those two, that's exhausting right there. 82% feel hurt, 80% have anxiety, 79% are stressed. So here's why I wrote the book Trust again. 84% have an inability to trust 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt. Again, 82% find it hard to move forward and 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how.
0: Wow. That is, those are some amazing statistics. And as a clinician, this is what stands out to me. Some of the things that you've talked about, Mm -hmm. we see those things and, Mm -hmm. and, clients and patients talk about those things, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean we're necessarily calling it betrayal. Right. It, you know, we might be looking at someone's depressed or someone's got anxiety or we're, we're using other things. So, so here's a good question for you. When we do like assessments, when we do mm-hmm. screenings, we ask things about like, have you experienced like, you know, like trauma or, or significant events? Do you think that there should be something focused on asking about betrayal in like common screenings or assessments?
1: I do. I mean, it's such a vulnerable question for that person to respond to. But I'll tell you, you know, we have a certification program and so many of of our certified coaches and practitioners they go so much deeper with their clients and patients. Like, let's say someone's an amazing therapist, but if they don't know there's an unhealed betrayal at the root of it, or how to help someone through that, it does more harm than good. Or someone could be an amazing gut expert, right? But now 45% of gut issues are tied, right? To someone with betrayal, 45% of that group will have a gut issue. Now if that gut expert knows that there's a betrayal at the root of it, they can go so much deeper with their healing. So when we know that betrayal is the root cause for these symptoms, then you can heal the root instead of, you know, treating the symptom.
0: And and one of the things I've, I I want to get your perspective on too is I think when a lot of people hear the word betrayal, mm-hmm. they think that that is like a a marriage where someone cheated on the other, but what I appreciate in your your TEDx talk was you say betrayal occurs in a lot of different areas in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we talk about it that way. I think we look at it as like the the relationship wise and what happens when you know this sort of thing happens but where else do you see betrayal in our I, lives?
1: You know, the, I mean think about it with Family members—that's huge. With, uh, you know, your your best friend shares shares your secret, your coworker takes credit for your idea, someone in a position of authority, you know, uh, there are so many. And the way it works is, the more we trust and, dep- and depend on that person, the deeper the betrayal. So, for example, a child, let's say, who's completely dependent on their parent, and the parent does something awful—that's going to have a different impact than your coworker taking credit for your idea, right? Still a betrayal, different level of cleanup. We can even be betrayed by companies. You know, I remember when I was doing this study, it was really interesting. There was something called, I think it was like called the love becomes hate principle. We would rather knowingly purchase a product or use a product we know is bad for us, than buy a product that we're told is good and then we find out it's not. That's when that love turns to hate really quickly. We don't want to be duped. We don't like it.
0: Yeah. That's that's fascinating because I I think it's one of those things where I I do a lot of work also with uh gambling and helping with gambling And, and I found it it challenging more so to you ask someone if they gamble and they say they don't. And actually some of the things they do is actually gambling. And and I get the sense that betrayal falls into that category where If you ask someone about it, a a yes or a no isn't good enough. You actually have to maybe ask some more questions. You have to get into more of like a psychoeducation piece about it because I don't think a lot of people really see betrayal in like some of the ways that you've described.
1: You know, it's, it's also the, the death by a thousand cuts, you know, instead of the one big gigantic event, but there's self, the self-betrayal is huge too. And we see that a lot. It's like here, if you know something, someone is not in your best interest and you keep going back, right. That's self-betrayal. So, and there's a really big link between betrayal and self-betrayal.
0: Yeah. That's him too. That's amazing. And, and you mentioned something too that I really wanted to ask you about was mm-hmm. there are like one event, one single event of betrayal can have a lasting impact on an individual. And I'm curious what happens when someone experiences continuous mm-hmm. or ongoing betrayal? Yeah. And what do we see in that? Because I look at that a lot with the addiction work that I do, yeah. and that can be years of someone feeling betrayed or someone, you know, going through that. So what is the work when it comes to someone who's experienced continuous ongoing betrayal?
1: Yeah. And, and we see this too, you know what it is? That's where it's a self-betrayal because think about it. If there is a continual breaking of the, of those rules spoken or unspoken and it keeps happening what is it about the person who's being betrayed that is allowing for that and and you know yes it's uncomfortable and yes it's hard and i get it i get it but unless there is the total and complete breakdown of the old you cannot birth the new and i'll tell you there were three groups in the study who did not heal and one group was the group where the betrayer had very little consequences or no consequences. So this was out of either religious reasons or financial fear or not wanting to break up a family or just fear of the unknown. I only saw two things, a further deterioration of the relationship and that group hands down was the most physically sick.
0: How do you, what kind of response do you get from someone when you talk about that self-betrayal? Cause I can, I just can imagine- yeah, yeah, because they're probably talking about well, this person did this, or, or they—they're the ones that betrayed, and then you talk about self-betrayal.
1: Yeah,
0: I can imagine that's. That's not always (laughs) welcome.
1: Yeah, it's it's, and that's why my coaching personally is not for the meek. (laughs) But here's the thing. Our job within, and all we do within the PBT Institute is get the person who's betrayed to their physical, mental, and emotional best. Because from that place, they see things from a very different vantage point. Like when people come in saying, I just want to be okay with my partner. We never know what's going to show up because what happens is, they get to a place, they could completely outgrow that person or they can, they can really start improving. And then the the partner says, I better step up my game to meet the strength of this person. And then they do, we don't, and then they're, and then they're resonating at a very different level. And it's entirely new. It's an entirely new relationship. But really what I, what I find is when we're uh, like sticking around for these repeat betrayals, we're we're hurting both parties here the betrayed doesn't have the opportunity to to really crash and burn in order to be and then become that highest and best version of themselves and either does the betrayer because when they see there are no consequences when there really was nothing lost they don't really what's the incentive to change so it it, and and i imagine this sounds very harsh but it is that death and destruction of the old that allows for the birth of the new and when there are no real consequences on either end that new can never show up
0: yeah that and that's that that's hard to it is really hard to cuz i I'm, I'm sure the person looks at it as you know what did i do and and how is this on me now but there is a point where you've always got to put it back on that person with what they're doing in that situation or what they're not doing in the situation. And I can just see that an issue, like betrayal. That's a, that's a, that's a tough one to really broach that. It Um, is,
1: but you know what, here's the thing too. It's not, what did you do? It's, you know, even though it was done to you, it's not about you, but that doesn't mean that You're supposed to just be the recipient of someone's actions who just doesn't, uh, who is not giving you a sense of safety, security, value, you know? So where do you come in to this? And, And what I find is there's this sense of either, you know, it could be, and I talk about it in trust again, it's on one hand, it's a super trait, you know, we just have such faith and belief in people. And that's wonderful, and 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 I get it. And then there's the other side where it's like, why do you think this is what you deserve? What's what's going on there that you feel I better find a way to be okay with this because this is as good as it's getting.
0: I'm I'm sure you're familiar with uh, hurt people hurt people, mm-hmm. uh, yep. and I'm curious: is there anything in relation to that with? I'm just thinking of people that have betrayed others. I imagine that they have also been betrayed Mm -hmm. at times in in their lives. And is there some similarity with that with betrayed people like betray others too? Is there something there or...
1: There can be, then there's a really, you know, also with addiction, you know, there's trauma behind it. So what, what, let's say it's sex addiction. Well, there's usually a reason for that, you know, that doesn't excuse it, but there usually there, there is a reason for it. So, uh, if, but what we see so often is there are so many reasons why someone will betray. And, And I found that, uh, it will show you two things with the betrayer, who that person really is or who they temporarily became. It's gonna be one of those two, because with some, in some scenarios, it is the biggest wake up call on both parties where the, the betrayed, I mean, there's the shattering of life as, as they've known it, their hearts broken and all of these things, and they can and often do transform on the betrayer's end they wake up and say what the heck am i doing i just i just lost or i just broke the heart of the very person who loves me more than anybody what was i thinking and for them it's a it's a gigantic wake up call too then then there's an opportunity there to create something entirely new
0: yeah and as you're describing that there's <laughs> clients and patients in my mind who i've i've seen that happen on both sides yeah. and that's a with all the work you've done are there like red flags or signs that you notice that that this person is just not willing to trust again that
1: yeah. We, you know, in trust again. Of course, you know, I talk about trust, and we teach the four step trust rebuilding process. I'm happy to share. that. I'm happy to share the five stages. Uh, but there's also, how do you know if it's safe and in your best interest to heal and rebuild with that person, or how do you know how do you know if you're best off rebuilding yourself and move on? And we teach that as as well.
0: That's yeah. a that's that's a really hard question. I I, I know plenty of of patients and clients that they, that's what they struggle with. And it's hard. And and this is where we're going to get back into it. But with a lot of the work that I do with with addiction, you know, I see, you know, substance use, you know, gambling, video gaming technology, when it comes to some of those things, do you see similarities and differences? And the reason why I'm asking is because over the past couple of years, my work with pornography addiction mm-hmm. has grown so much. And that whole betrayal trust thing, mm-hmm. it's it's very different when mm-hmm. I'm doing it with someone with substance use. Yeah. Than when I'm doing it with someone when it's like pornography.
1: Yeah. We actually have one of our certified coaches. That's his specialty. All of our coaches specialize in something so that members you know, can, can take daily classes with them and work with them uh, privately. Uh, and we, we have a coach who that is his specialty because it's unfortunately very common. You know, the, the thing is, it's like what shatters that trust is really based on what the rules of that relationship were. But it's all about that trust and trust is foundational. You know, how do you feel safe and secure when trust is shattered? You can't. And I look at trust in, you know like a brick wall. The only way I know of a brick wall to be built is brick by brick by brick, right? And now here the you know, 10, 20, 30 years it could take, let's just say, every opportunity someone has to show that show that they're trustworthy, that's one brick in the wall, right? So it could take a while for that thing to be re, to be built, and then That very person who built the wall can shatter the whole thing. Well, then the person who's been betrayed, whose trust has been shattered, can look at the rubble of bricks and say, I don't want to stick around to watch that thing get rebuilt. That's fine. Then they can walk away. However, if they're considering any sort of reconciliation, the person who's been betrayed has to be willing to watch that brick wall be rebuilt. And the person who shattered it has to be a really good bricklayer and do it all again. Every opportunity they have to show they're trustworthy, one brick in that wall. But what I see so often is, now imagine the betrayer shatters the wall, right, of trust and the betrayer is like, oh, I'll fix it. No, Mm-mm. doesn't work.
0: I see that happen a lot with substance use. yeah, And, and so those other things. And then when I look at some of the, the cases with pornography, mm-hmm you know, I've seen with substance use so much of like enabling and and picking up and willing to give multiple chances, willing to give, you know, (laughs) they spent this much money on something and they're spending that much money again, trying to get that, that, that person even help. I've, I've heard families take out second mortgages to send someone into treatment for 30 days, multiple chances, multiple opportunities to do it again. And yet when I work with pornography there are, it just doesn't seem as often where the person is willing so much to give all those chances and time and time i've seen that betrayal so evident when it comes to pornography use like the person looks damaged they look like their life is as you say altered yeah and it's it's so noticeable and yeah. you, you see it sometimes with that person is, you just wonder, are they going to trust this person again, even if they are maintaining abstinence and, and they're, they're doing what's I've seen people go through a lot of, uh, you know, lie detector tests, mm-hmm. uh, GPS on the phone and all these things are being followed through with, but the, the person who was betrayed they're not moving anywhere with that trust.
1: Yeah, well, they don't trust, you know, people ask me all the time, can trust be repaired? I say, no. Mm-hmm. Can it be rebuilt? Absolutely. But it, it, it's grueling. It's, it takes a tremendous amount of work and it takes moving through the stages. And, you know, it's available to anybody, but a lot of people, uh, they're rooted in their story. They, they just feel, you know, they're in that victim stance. They're getting something from that space. So they're staying there and it's very comfortable, even though it stinks, it's what's familiar. So they stay in that place and you can heal from all of it. You know, I mean, that's what our coaches have done. I've done, that's what our members do. It's, um, but, but, you know, it, it, it takes willingness.
0: And I really want to hear more about, I love the analogy of the house you give in your TEDx talk. And you talk about, resilience versus transformation. Can yeah. you, can you shed light on that? Cause I really loved hearing about that.
1: Uh, so, um, sure. And this is, and I talk about this and do you have post-betrayal syndrome? That's that, that second TEDx. So, uh, I use the analogy of a house, right? And, I, and, and it was really about resilience versus transformation. So resilience is restoring, bringing back. And you need that for your every day. Tra- trauma and transformation is a whole different thing. So let's take that analogy of a house and let's say the house needs a new boiler. You, know? you get a boiler, that would be resilience. Or let's say it needs a new roof. You get a roof, that would be resilience. You're restoring it, you're bringing it back. Here's trauma and transformation. A tornado comes by, and levels the house. A new boiler's not fixing it and a new roof's not fixing it, right? Now, you have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and say, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And you'd be right. And you can call over all your friends and be like, look, isn't this the worst thing you've ever seen? And they'd all agree. And you have every right to kick and scream and cry and mourn the loss of your house until your last breath. However. If you choose to rebuild, you don't have to, but if you choose to rebuild your house, why would you build the same one? There's nothing there. Why not make it better and more beautiful? Why not give it everything the old house didn't have? That's the opportunity. Trauma is the setup and betrayal is the setup for transformation. You can create an entirely new identity. You leave behind what no longer serves and you create of new version of you that never would have had the opportunity to show up had that not happened.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. It reminds me of when I used to work with kids, we used to do home visits because they they would stay at a group home uh, away and we would want to transition them back home. And we would go to their house to meet with like their their families and get more of that. You're you're coming home or we're working on getting you home feeling there'd be me, the social worker, all that and it was amazing because a lot of the times I'm a, I'm a punctual person. So if the meetings at two o'clock, I'm going to show up with them at like one uh-huh. it was all, it was also a time to let them be at home. Like a lot of them haven't been home in a while. So I'd, I'd let them like, get to their house, let them see their bedroom again, like kind of just be at home. One of the things I found was parents love to show me the house often and point to pictures of the person years before Mm -hmm. and they would always have this theme of like we just want things to go back to when when they when he was like this when he was smiling like this and they're showing me like a kindergarten school photo and after a while I kept realizing that there there is no going back to that and I started working with families individuals on I'd like to know what a future picture you guys would like to work towards. If I came back here in a year and you guys had a picture a year out, I'd like to know what you would hope to have represented in this photo. But I noticed a lot of people try to, or hope that things could somehow go back.
1: Mm -mm. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. I'll tell you. I mean, now my family, were all the, same people, but we're not. And we're having so much fun. We're closer than ever. It's like we've been through war together, but it's it's so different. And who we all are now, we never would have become if we didn't lose everything, if it didn't, if, if we all didn't crash and burn.
0: Yeah, so that's where I really like, you're not saying there's no place for resiliency, you're, you're saying that there, there is place for resiliency, but there's also transformation.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you need, like I said, you need resiliency for your every day so you can manage life. But it's, and I, and I think it's that's a good
0: question. I, like yeah. I think that's a great question to ask
1: mm-hmm. when
0: you meet with someone, like I'm thinking I'm just meeting someone now who their life just got altered.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so
0: now they're in my office and four days ago, their, their life has been altered and Mm -hmm. they're just trying to get through day-to-day stuff, you know, like just trying to get through. And I think that's where I can use in those moments, like resiliency, Mm -hmm. I can ask about, you know, what, what, what can you do or what can we do to help you with getting that resiliency to help you to get through today, to get through, you know, like some of these tough times, but then there's also that conversation to eventually lead into about transformation.
1: Yeah. Well, that person clearly, like in the five stages, that person's in stage two and really they need to know they're not crazy. They're not alone and they can heal and you got them.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. so I, I love that house analogy to, to really address both. And mm-hmm. I think that's very beneficial in knowing where each one is the right place for each one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh Interesting question that I have is someone who betrayed someone. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about a little bit with like guilt and shame. So if I'm dealing with someone who has an addiction to like substances or pornography, gambling or something, and they have caused a lot of betrayal in, I mean, let's just say probably all their relationships. Mm Right. Right. So let's say someone, they, they do recover. They, they are working what works for them and they are maintaining abstinence and and they're doing what they need to. Mm -hmm. I can still imagine that they can experience a lot of shame about their past behaviors and the fact that they have hurt and betrayed Mm -hmm. those family members. They might not call it betrayal, but. I know that that is something that a lot of people I work with struggle. People I've, who I've worked with who are sober five, 10 years mm-hmm. still beat themselves up over what they've done right. throughout their life. Have you ever done any work with helping people heal from when they do that causing mm-hmm. and when they are yeah. doing the? So, how does that? work in that type of situation sure
1: well think about it how do you heal shame you bring light you bring honor to it so here that person they have learned their lesson it is the most uh important thing ever and what they do is they pass it forward they 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 spare someone else from going down that dark path they do anything to right the wrong as best they can with the person they hurt you know it's it's not uh, the shame does nothing for you and it's actually one of the most physically destructive emotions we have so that will make you sick that's 100% so, but it, but if you if you use that shame and you change the energy of it and you use it to to heal to heal yourself and heal others you know then it's trauma well served then it's like okay you learned and you're you're sparing somebody else because of it i mean that's what my husband did he has an office of like forty people. He sits the young guys down and he's like, "Don't ever go down this path. Don't ever do this. Don't ever do that." Right? And I'm sure that's his one of his ways of of dealing with the shame. And you know, and it's like like with me on this end of it, uh, it I'm I'm sharing this message to to help others. So when you take your trauma and you've you've learned something from it passing it forward. I feel like it's our obligation.
0: This, this next question on, on healing and, and, and growth comes from a fellow clinician of mine who, uh-huh. when I, when I told them I was interviewing you, I said, Hey, if you have a question, let me know. So <laughs> this comes from, and I'm, I think it's a great question is, uh, I'd like to hear about how people with post syndrome work towards granting trust to others. From the standpoint of trusting their own judgment again, Mm -hmm. discerning who they're willing to risk trusting Mm -hmm. and how or what they determine, you know, like what they're willing to risk in order to build or rebuild trust. Yeah. What, do th- what do you think of that question?
1: It's a great question. And, and the biggest mistake I see people making is they're so, it's so uncomfortable. They're in so much pain. They don't like the feeling of not being able to trust. So they just want to go trust in people again, or in a specific person again. And that's what, why it backfires. There are, the, so this is the four-step trust rebuilding process. Ready? The first step is because trust is so foundational, it has to be built back from the roots so the first step would be the most brain dead obvious thing to you like let's say will the sun rise my whole world was shattered i don't even know so you check outside every morning what do you know there it is do i trust it no check again and until and unless you do you keep you keep going when you trust that or the most basic obvious thing that's your foundation upon which to stand You don't go to the next level until that's established. And with betrayal, it's shattered. So you start-
0: start I like that level because I think when someone goes to that betrayal, that sense of trust, they feel like it's shattered until that particular area is healed. And in the way you just described it, you're helping them realize that there is still trust there in, in the world that you have you just have to find it again in other areas too, because I think a lot of people think, well, I can't ever trust again until this gets resolved. But that first step right there is I love that where it's about something like the sun.
1: Well, that's it, right? So because betrayal shatters trust in certainly the betrayer in yourself, cause you're like, how did I not know? How did I not see? So if I can't trust that person that I trusted the most, if I don't trust myself, how in the world can I trust anybody else? So that's why we start at the very foundation. And so that's, that's level one. Level two, you have to rebuild trust in your intuition, in your gut, in your wise inner guide, because we turn that down. And our gut is like 10,000 times more perceptive than our mind. So the way to do that is you picture, and it's different for everybody. So I can't say what it is for you, but, um, but imagine something for you that resembles trust. That feels like trust. Maybe it's your dog wagging his or her tail. Maybe it's two babies laughing, whatever it is. How does your body feel? Open, expansive. What, what's going on? Where do you feel that? That's how you know that's what trust feels like for you. And you you picture that, you lock it in. And then you picture D-Day, Discovery Day, when someone was lying to your face, whatever it was, and you you get a felt sense. Where do you feel it? How does it feel, right? Is, is it tight, closed, constricted? That's what a lack of trust feels like for you. And now as you move through your day, you check in when you're speaking to somebody. Does it feel closer to the two babies laughing? Does it feel closer to that that feeling I had when I was being lied to? And, it's, and what you're doing is you're training your body you, and, and your gut to just to know what is trust and what isn't, and you can feel a, a growing sense of safety and security.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a developing like a an, an early awareness type warning system.
1: Yeah, you're strengthening uh, your 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 BS meter. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: yeah, I can see that. Where yeah. then, because we we all know in so many different areas of life, people not only from where they experience betrayal. It may be that one instant or, or with that one person or like that family, but they are going to be getting into new relationships or they are going to be, you know, in interactions with other people. So this isn't just about the, the one mm-hmm. incident or the one individual. This is also about, you know, going forward in future that this is helping them to develop like that awareness, early warning BS system to pay attention that if I just meet this person and my BS meter is telling me in my my gut that this isn't good, I need to pay attention to that because this might be a sign that this is not a healthy relationship.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, when it's congruent, when the thoughts, when the actions, when the mannerisms are all aligned, you're going to feel closer to the dog wagging his or her tail feeling when it's not like you ever see those people who like, They're smiling, but their eyes aren't smiling. It's like weird and kind of creepy. (laughs) Trust that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the level two. And then once you once you've established the the foundation upon which you're standing, then the next level, you strengthen. You know, you trust your gut again. Now you have to learn to trust in yourself because that got shattered too. So the way to do that is you give yourself little tasks and then you do them. I'm going to drink that glass of water, and then you do. I'm going to call that person, and then you do. I will uh, not call my ex, and then you don't, whatever it is. And what you're doing is you're showing yourself you're trustworthy. If you say something, you mean it. Your word is law, your word is gold. So now think about it. You have these kind of invisible bodyguards around you now, right? You, you, you feel you have a foundation, you trust your gut, you trust yourself. Now from that place, you slowly, carefully, and cautiously trust in others. But what we do is we don't do the first three and we go right to the fourth. And that's why we don't, it's shaky and unstable.
0: Wow. That is, that's fascinating. I, the, the tools just within that whole system, it, uh, it provides someone with actual walking away and, and utilizing tools for themselves, for the situation. It's very applicable. And, and I find that very useful that someone can feel empowered to really what we're talking about transform to to rebuild that house
1: everything we do within the PBT Institute is meant to move you forward you know I mean this is my 30th year in business too so it's like anything that's ever worked in any area physically mentally emotionally psychologically spiritually it's included I mean we're just we're just the training wheels till until someone doesn't need them anymore so the whole idea is, these tools are so useful. So you, but, but here's the thing. Some people don't want to because they have their story and they'd rather have that. And that's okay. You know, we, we see two people, types of people leave our community. The first is they, they came in at with symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome. And now here they are post-betrayal transformation. They're supposed to go, but then there's the other group. They don't want to do the work. And that's not that's not our people.
0: I, I in in my mind, I imagine. Now this is like a couple sitting on my couch, mm-hmm. but there are times where I I see the one who's been betrayed sits there, body language is all cut off, mm-hmm. and they're basically there to ensure that the other one is coming to see me. But when it comes to what are we doing? What are we trying to to work on here? It's like they're saying I this is, this is why we're here. This, they got to do all the work. And so then I I think of that as in that house imagery Mm -hmm. and it's almost like the person is sitting there waiting for the other individual to build the house, to fix what has been broken. And they're kind of waiting or holding out till that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine you, you, you see that with some people.
1: It's a hard place to be because you know, and forgiveness you know, is all about us, right? Forgiveness is just releases the power the pain has over, over us. But when it comes to reconciliation, that has so much to do with the other person, right? I mean, of course, if we're unwilling to even consider it, that's totally us. But if we are, our willingness is, is our biggest contribution there. It has so much to do with that person. And like I said, when that person is, it has extreme remorse and apology and willing to do anything and, and you have something to work with, but if not, you know, you're banging your head against the wall and making yourself sick.
0: And now you've, like you said, this just 30 years of, of doing this over the last, you know, couple of years, have you noticed anything in particular with betrayal or any of the work that you've been doing that like i've said before that the stuff i'm seeing more with the pornography use has been showing yeah. more in my career now than it has been way before is there anything in the in the last couple of years or, or future yeah. stuff that you're sort of keeping well, an eye well, on?
1: yeah i mean i've been in business 30 years but it was health mindset personal development it was only five something years ago that i had my own betrayal dove into the phd program everything that i've done that you've seen is the result of over the last few years, the books, the Institute, the two TEDx talks, the the podcast, I mean, everything. Um, And and so really what I've seen just since that time is how deeply uh, betrayal can impact us, but also clearly we can heal from all of it. And I see that all the time where someone is spending a lifetime, a lifetime, uh, grieving and, and stuck over what someone said or did decades ago. So look at the, the power that that event, that person has over them. And it's like, they don't even, they may not remember, know or even care they did what they did. And and someone's entire life, entire life is being created and lived because of that. I mean, can you imagine like 50, 60 years plus because of that. And I get it, it was really influential at the time, but at some point we have to say, okay, I've invested 50 something years already in allowing that really painful experience, that really painful set of beliefs to, to put me on this track of scarcity and lack and I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving, I'm not this, I'm not that. But at some point already, we have to say, okay, you know what? Enough, enough. It's my life. And I, and it's not fair to me. So if you've spent all that time just on that path of pain, you owe it. You've been through the worst of it already. You owe it to yourself to heal.
0: Do you look at, I've, you know, I don't even
1: know if I answered your question.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You did. And it, it kind of makes me think with betrayal you know, it's something we don't want to experience, we try to avoid it as much as we can, we want to numb escape, you know, yeah. and, and do all that. Mm-hmm. And then I think of other areas too, like pain, and I think of addictions, and I think of all that stuff. And I, I remember, you know, a great book, pain, the gift nobody wants. I remember a guy that I interviewed on a different episode where he was like, you can look at your addiction as a, a curse, or you can look at it as a superpower. And he kind of compared it to um, X-Men. Like mm-hmm. you either look at it as I'm cursed and look what happened to me, or you can look at it as like, look at what I've learned now, look at what I've become and all that. Right. Does betrayal fall in line with some of those types? mentality or that oh, transformation piece?
1: Sure, I mean, think about it. I had a really powerful story. Most important people in my life all betrayed me. But because <laughs> I was willing to let go of that story, my story is so much better now. I have a brand new marriage to the same person, but as two completely different people. We're helping thousands of people within the PBC Institute. We're certifying coaches who are, and practitioners who are helping thousands of people, our members. I mean, it's it's such a better story. So, and I didn't do anything that anybody else couldn't do. I just, it felt like if I didn't do something with this, it's like, it would have been just like a bad game of hot potato. It's like, it's on me. And what am I just the recipient of betrayals? No, no, nothing about that felt okay. So I was like, I, I have to find a way. I just want to find a way through this, just because this feeling is so awful. And, and, uh, trust me. In the beginning, I, I could barely get out of bed. I mean, it was, it was, awful. And I've been through disease. I was in the ICU for eleven days, and I've lost loved ones. Nothing got me like this. Nothing.
0: Yeah, I think it's that's helpful as a clinician too, because when I got someone who's really you know devastated and life's been altered, mm-hmm. and then I'm trying to to work with them on like healing and recovering you know, part of it is, I think, not not knowing about that or not looking into deep of it. it's almost like we are trying to move away from the betrayal or put the betrayal behind us. And I think that's a a very common thing people look at when they are getting sober from substances, like the more days I get sober, the, the more behind it is.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But in reality, we're not trying to push it away and, and say that it's no longer a thing anymore, but it's more of this is a part of, of what happened to me or, or what's gone on. And now what am I, what's the transformation that I'm going through as a result of it?
1: Yeah. It's- you have to move through this. You, you, you know, there's no, and I, I just, this analogy comes to mind. You can tell them big on analogies. Right. So uh, if you imagine like a messy room, take a messy garage, You think it's not vying for your attention, but it is. And you don't want to go in there. And if you have to, you go and you grab what you need and you leave, right? (laughs) And it's, it's there and it's not going away. And then there's that one day where you've had it and you're like, that's it, I'm going in. And think about it. You roll up your sleeves, you grab your garbage bags, whatever. Now think about what happens first. It actually gets worse. And it gets worse because you're like, I'm going to donate that, toss that, fix that. And stuff is all over the place. But then you put in your car the stuff you're going to donate, the stuff you're going to fix, right? You're going to get rid of stuff and you put back what's left. Now think about it. You are standing there like with your hands on your hips like, look at me. You are so proud because of this beautiful space that you created. You could never feel that sense of pride or accomplishment by avoiding it. And, And it's only by diving in and doing the work. Do you come out the other side and feel that sense of strength and pride? So whenever we're numbing, avoiding, distracting, trying to act like it's not there, we don't get that feeling. So when I see people moving from the symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome and they move through the five proven predictable stages, getting to that place of post-betrayal transformation, they are a different person because they dove right in and did the work.
0: And that's gotta be amazing to, to see that in in the work you do when I'm sure when they've started with you and when they get to that transformation part, there's, there's recognizable differences in that person's transformation.
1: Oh, it's a hundred percent. And when they're in that stage four or stage five, that's when they're ready for a new relationship with that person or with someone else. That's when they're ready for that new body, that new level of health. That's when they're ready for a new business, you know, because things things show up because that other door closed. So uh, that's when it gets really fun. They have to move through the stages, but when they're at that, that four going into five, whew, they're ready for a whole new life.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Now, where's a good first like, let's say someone is, is, is questioning like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know, maybe I do have some issues with betrayal. Maybe I do have uh, yeah. you know, post-betrayal syndrome. Uh, yeah. Let's say I'm a clinician and I'm working with someone and I'm thinking like they might be doing that. What's it? what's the good first step yeah. that usually that you direct them to, you know what, maybe we got to take a look at this. Maybe we should see more about this. Where, where do you first sort of guide them to yeah. Again. Well, the
1: first thing is I would recommend taking the post-betrayal syndrome quiz to see to what extent they're struggling. I, you will see. And even for some people, it's, it's not just a simple quiz. It can be even a little jarring because you're being asked questions about your physical, mental and emotional state. So there's no there's no denying it. And, and um, they'll see to what extent their betrayal is holding them back.
0: And that can be found at your at the uh, uh, pbtinstitute.com website. Is that right?
1: So it's the pbt, as in post betrayal transformation, yeah. the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. So
0: they can go there, they can take the quiz, they can find out more about what you do and, and what the institute does. Mm-hmm. You've got two books that you've authored, correct?
1: Well, actually, um, more than that, because I'm getting ready to release the third. Uh, we didn't talk about the five stages, but trust again move someone through the five proven predictable stages from post-betrayal syndrome to post-betrayal transformation. And my newest book, it's not even out yet, From Hardened to Healed. I'm looking at the subtitle because I don't <laughs> even know. Uh, the Effortless Path to Release Resistance, Get Unstuck and Create a Life You Love. And that's nice. because I find most people are stuck in stage three. So the people stuck in stage three, I'm coming for you in that one.
0: Nice. We guess we got a little sneak peek here by asking about it. Appreciate okay. that. Yeah. And, and then you have the two TEDx talks, which are phenomenal. Thank you. Um, those are really great to get sort of like a crash course um, of, of what it is and, and, and learning about it. I, I found them very amazing. And then your, your you podcast, fact?
1: you want a little fun fact about sure. the, TEDx talks, the first one um stop sabotaging yourself that was 6 weeks after my betrayal
0: 6 weeks
1: i don't even know how i did it
0: yeah and that you know, is i
1: wasn't i mean yeah there was something so <laughs> raw about that talk though and i think um that's why it gets the amount of views that it does that was 6 weeks after my betrayal
0: that's incredible that is that well, there was some resilience. Stuff.
1: I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what's sure. going on there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I wasn't ready to talk about it there. Uh, you, you, but you get a sense something big is going on the, do you have post-betrayal syndrome? Um, that TEDx there, there, I, there, I talk about it.
0: Yeah. And then you also have a podcast mm-hmm. and I was listening to a couple of them. Uh, tell us like what, you talk about or what to expect uh, when people listen to your podcast.
1: Yeah. So it's from Betrayal to Breakthrough. And we have every Monday, I just have interviews with with just amazing doctors, thought leaders, regular people, counselors, coaches, uh, where they're it's very action-oriented. They're sharing something about how betrayal affects us physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually with tools to heal. And then every Friday uh, is just my own little story, blurb, whatever. And we call that a dose of doctor.
0: Yeah. I like those. Those were sometimes when I'm looking at like the time that I have and I, I, I want to, cause they're, they're shorter. They're
1: really short. Yeah. yeah like like a, 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, a few minutes. And sometimes it's almost just like a personal message from you of, of something to just like put your mind to focus on and, and hear. And I, I find that a very in- intriguing it's, it's a very nice way of reaching out to to people in that short segment so that's that's great to do that so people can go to the website they can read your books they can wait for your third book to come out they can watch your TEDx talks and, and listen to your podcast those are the big areas to learn more about you and find out what you do
1: yeah, that's really the best thing. Also, if they if for now, if they have an interest in moving through the stages, uh, you can get trust again at Amazon, but I would say get it from this special link because then you get all kinds of bonuses too. So that's at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash trust again.
0: Nice. Very and we'll be good. coming
1: out with as long as you do something there, then then uh, you know we'll we'll be able to share information on when the, the newest book from hardened to Heal comes out and there's going to be a really fun quiz with that one that tells you exactly what stage you're in and then what yeah. to do.
0: lots of exciting things to, to come. And I, I can't thank you enough for joining I, betrayal is that word. I just is not talked about enough. And it's one of the things that I enjoy doing on this podcast is talk about issues that don't get the attention that I think it deserves that impacts people that we try to help and hearing all about, I've learned more about betrayal and and talk more about it in this than I, than I have in plenty of other areas of study and in resources in my, my career. So I, I think you. it's just going to help a lot of people. It's going to help a lot of clinicians that, that I know also listen in, in the work that they do. There's a lot of takeaways. I think one of my takeaways is just to, when I can, cause it's not easy to in a assessment process to, to go over someone's history in an hour. But I think at times to be more attentive and try and ask more about betrayal. Um, That's,
1: I mean, that would be an amazing uh, contribution just to know that that betrayal is getting the attention that it unfortunately needs. And, and, you know, we didn't even go through the five stages, but I'll tell you, it's like the beauty is anybody can heal from all of it. So, and it's, I thank you. I mean, it's people like you who give people like me a voice.
0: Yeah. And I want to be able to, to, to keep that, that voice being heard and shared and talked about with, with this issue, because it's, it's one that we've, we've talked about. We don't, we don't like how it feels. It can do some, some damage to us. We try and do everything to Numb it, avoid it, escape it. But in comparison to some other things, too, it, it's not the end all. You know, people can have resilience and they can transform from betrayal and it can lead to some incredible, amazing things. And you are not just helping people to do that, but you are a prime example of that.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So the work you're doing is is phenomenal. I don't, I don't know anyone else who I would refer to when it comes to the issues of betrayal and in your name is going to be like the automatic direction.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much. You know, it's, it's really, and it's not me, it's the Institute. We have the most brilliant coaches and practitioners teaching daily classes and specializing in amazing things. It's, uh, Uh, It's really all about, it's, it's all about that community and all about who's, who's in there helping.
0: Uh, Yeah. It's amazing that you have so many people wanting to specialize with that because it's not easy to, to find people always to want to specialize in something like that particular. That's a struggle with, with the gambling profession Mm -hmm. where there's not a lot of people that are like, well, I want to focus solely on, on gambling. But, you know, a lot of people want to do like mental health in general or people want to do substance use in general. But it's great to see that there's also a lot of other professionals or or people wanting to help in that specific area, which which means you guys are doing something right. That is getting people to want to do that.
1: Yeah, they're you know, like I said, they're they're certified in, in moving you through the five stages, but they all have their own specialty. And the whole idea is. So this way members, as they're healing, they're ready for different things. They may not be interested in our classes from our certified coach who specializes in fitness, you know, but they may be really interested in one that that does somatic body-based activities to help them get rid of it, or the one who's one who's interested or who's teaching about addiction, or one who's teaching about, you know, reconciliation or or divorce. So the idea is you come in. And as you are moving through your experience, you're ready and you're interested in different things.
0: Yeah, it's phenomenal. Uh, Debbie, I can't thank you enough for joining. It it was a a pleasure to talk about all these things. I think a lot of people are going to benefit and the work you're doing is, is truly helping so many people. So once again, thanks for joining today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. So listen to her listen to us, go to her website, check out her her books, her, her podcasts. And there you'll learn a lot more about betrayal and not just what it does to you, but also how you can heal and transform from it. So as always, thanks for listening. And I hope you learned something.